listening to Aunt TV's advice. Everything you need to know about sex, love, and life. I'm your Aunt TV. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about confronting the green-eyed monster. Stay tuned. Welcome back. So recently I started a page on uh, Facebook for the life, my lifestyle friends in order for them to be able to communicate more effectively, talk about the things that are common universal issues when you are in a non-monogamous relationship. And one of the things that comes up over and over again, of course, is how do you deal with jealousy? Even with my vanilla friends, when they know about my lifestyle, the very first question they ask is, How can you see your husband with somebody else? Doesn't it eat you up? Doesn't it make you feel insecure? Now, I would lie to you and say, if I said in four years, I've never felt it. Jealousy is a normal human emotion, the same as sadness or anger or even love. We're wired to feel it. Let's take a look at what it is, though, and why we have it. Jealousy is a fight-or-flight response in a certain way. It's there because if we go way, way back to the very beginning, men and women, when they became pairs, became pairs for specific reasons. The male was there to protect, to hunt, to gather. The woman was there to take care of the home. Now, in those societies, things were more communal. People lived in villages or in large family and a family is the right word, but in large groups, and they took care of one another. So the men had a specific role, the women had a specific role. Once monogamy became the rule of the land, we started to pair off into much smaller units. It was no longer about the whole of a village or a grouping taking care of one another. It was about one man taking care of one woman and their offspring. That changed, of course, the dynamics and how we relate it all, all the way around. Now, instead of everybody looking at all of the people surrounding them as part of this team, we isolated it down to two very specific people. And that's where that kind of hardwiring starts to come in, where if my responsibility as a male is to protect just this woman, then in some ways that is only mine. And for the woman, if his responsibility is to make sure that my children and I do not get hurt and and can survive and thrive, then he is mine. So you can kind of see where this started to shift, right? Well, as society progresses and as we become more modern and as we start to change the way that we interact and have more and more tools available to us that make the primary focus of what men did and women did more obsolete and things become more muddled. We still haven't lost, though, that instinct that says, mine. So now we talk about non-monogamy. Non-monogamy is really, in a lot of ways, going way back to where we were before the onset of the concept of monogamy. It is a state of mind saying that, hey, I care about you. You're going to be a person that I share my life with. 
but I also kind of like you. And I'm physically very attracted to you. Or in some cases, if you're doing poly, I care about you and I'm physically attracted to you, right? We're shifting that dynamic again. We're changing the message on its head. So you go to a party. And at this party, you know that you and your spouse or you and your partner are there. For some of us, primarily, let's face it, to get laid. But let's say that happens. Let's say you meet somebody or you go on a date with a couple. You meet somebody. Chemistry is there. Look, folks, chemistry is chemistry. Sometimes it is going to be combustible with some people. Sometimes it's not going to exist with others. That's how that works. It's a chemical reaction. But let's say you do have chemistry with somebody, right? And it's hot and it's heavy. And you two are uh, basically giving off literal sparks in front of everyone. And you decide to play. And your spouse sees this. Now, let's say that maybe... That is not behavior that you have exhibited necessarily with your spouse or partner or that they have seen in a while. Instinctually, naturally, they may have a reaction to that. Is it wrong? Not necessarily. It's that, again, that hard wire that's coming in and saying, hey, wait a second, that's, that's my person. And they are acting or behaving in a way that uh, is not the same with me, and I'm not sure I like this feeling. Where we get jealousy wrong, where we screw up, is that we don't talk about this. We let it fester. We may feel insecure about it. We may feel weird about it. But every single person who's listened to this has done this at some point in a relationship and gone, Oh, no, honey, it's fine. Or they've done the opposite. They've blown up. They've gotten completely pissed off. And instead of having a rational conversation about why they're feeling what they're feeling, they're just pissed. Neither of them is productive. Now, I'll give you an example. And this is not actually jealousy about sex that I felt. One night we were with our friends and we're all sitting on a sofa and my husband is sitting with his girlfriend and he's got his legs wrapped around her, her back is on his, he's got his arms wrapped around her and they are two bugs in a rug. I hated it. Funny, right? It wasn't about the fact that he was going to go up to a room and fuck her later in that evening because I knew that was going to happen. It was that small, intimate moment. And I got jealous, not because I didn't like that he was doing that with her, but because it made me realize that he hadn't done that with me in a while. Now, was he doing it to be a jerk to me? No. We were just living our everyday lives. It wasn't something we were thinking about as a couple. And until I was confronted with it and saw it with somebody else, I didn't even really understand that it was something that I wanted to. And I could have blown up at him. I could have screwed up their night. I could have made it a horrible time for them. Or when we had the conversation and I told him that I felt that way because part of me missed that connection with him in the evenings at home, we realized that we need to do a better job 
of being present in our own relationship with those small things too. It didn't have to be a huge issue. It didn't have to be something that caused a big fight, but we did have to talk about it. So that's the single biggest thing that I can tell you about jealousy. Acknowledge it, own it, discuss it, learn from it, then move on from it. At the end of the day, even with non-monogamy, I know that the man that I love, the man that I committed to, the man that I married, loves me the same way. If I have security in that, if I truly believe that, then seeing him with somebody else isn't harmful to me because I know that he is expressing that to me and showing that to me throughout the day. I'm not a robot. I haven't felt jealousy in a long time, but it could happen again. And if it does, then that's my responsibility to speak with him about it and not keep it in. Here's the deal, guys. If something bothers you and you hold it in and you don't talk to your partner about it, and then you blow up at them five weeks later when they've done something else that may remind you of that, and you never said anything the first time, but now it's a really big deal, you're kind of the fucking asshole, not them. You can't fix what you don't know is broken. We are so fearful of talking to our partners about this stuff. We are so afraid to confront something when it happens, thinking that we'd rather avoid the issue than deal with it. But let me tell you, if you've listened to my podcast, you know, I spent basically 27 years avoiding and you know, see how far that got me. If I learned nothing else through going through this trauma therapy and processing, it's that living in the moment and dealing with things in the moment is far more effective than trying to put it aside and not deal with it at all. It gets you nowhere. So, when you do have those moments, especially if you're at a party, especially if you're at a group event, here's three things that you can do. First, set up rules and boundaries with your partner before you even head out the door. Talk about what is going to be okay that night, what won't be okay that night. Now granted, when alcohol gets involved, it can change the game a little bit and you always have to be a little bit understanding and forgiving if actions that your partner makes were fueled by the, the liquor and not necessarily by their conscious choices. Number two, I suggest you have a code word or a signal. So if you're at an event and you, you and your partner are off doing separate things, but you are starting to feel uncomfortable or insecure or things are beginning to bother you, maybe that's when you order a glass of red wine instead of white and that's your partner's signal that, hey, this is not feeling good right now, maybe we should go. And then the third thing is that if you feel this, don't confront your partner in the middle of a party, in the middle of an event, Wait until it's the two of you and have it as a rational conversation. Not a, you son of a bitch, you stuck your cock inside so-and-so and I hate you. Well, guess what, sister? You went to a swingers party and you gave him permission to stick his cock in things. That's not the way to approach it. 
What you can do though is say, you know, I saw you with so-and-so tonight and I know that's what we came here to do, but there was something about it that made me feel uncomfortable and I, I want us to connect tonight and, and reestablish our bond so that I can feel close to you again. To me, I think that if you're having moments of jealousy or insecurity, one of the most important things you need to do is reconnect with your partner. People do it the other way. They get upset, they get angry, they pull away from their partner, and then they may not have a relationship with them for days, you know, intimate relationship. They may avoid them for days or sleep in separate beds or it may turn into a huge argument. Part of how you get past that insecurity is to rebuild the security that you have with your partner. So pushing away your affection or pushing away contact with them actually, at least in my humble opinion, um, can make it worse. Because now you're already feeling a strain and you've helped to make that strain or that divide even wider. It's okay to have an intimate connection with somebody, even if in that moment you're not feeling quite that turned on because it's helping to reestablish your bond. So just some things to think about. Uh, I'm very excited about this group that we have now. I think that it's already generating a lot of dialogue and a lot of discussions, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where it's going to go. You know, part of being in an alternative lifestyle isn't just getting naked and fucking. Uh, honestly, I can go to a nightclub and do that any night of the week why I like being in the lifestyle is the friendships that I develop and the communication and experience that I can learn from. So that's kind of my take on facing the green-eyed monster. I do think I'd like to do a few more podcasts on this and actually maybe get some friends onto the show and have them discuss what things they've done and experiences they've had to help kind of give a little more, uh, depth and just my very humble one-sided opinions on these things. Anyway, thank you for listening. And as always, what you do beneath the sheets ain't got nothing to do with who you are in the streets. Have a good one, folks.